In the following live session recording, Rick Jenkins, campus minister with Columbus State University and the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, leads the session entitled, Adulting 101, What Do We Do Now? Let's say your child is heading off to college and the two of you have no clue how to navigate what's coming. In the world of shifting roles and expectations, discover ways to maneuver the path of adulting with your child, including critical thinking, problem solving, life skills, and so on, while still loving and respecting one another. Let's join Rick now. Well, to kind of give you some background, uh, my wife and I met at the BSU when it was the BSU <laughs> at North Georgia College. I was a president, she was a missions chairman. That just sounds so romantic of how it developed there. Uh, did you know that? Okay. Can I shut that door because I can all the ears oh. in? Um, I'll be back. From there, in all honesty, I felt a calling to work with students. I did not know it would go this long. <laughs> and I still love it because now I'm the older uncle that gets to be honest with them on occasion. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it because they know that I'm not one of them. I mean, you know, when it gets about midnight, I'm like, guys, God bless you. I'm headed home, uh, but it is a. We still love it. My wife and I are both very involved. Well, we, I work as campus minister at CSU, so I better be involved. But she is too. She disciples girls at Lagrange College and at CSU. Uh, I have found it is far different discipling guys than girls, and that's why I stick with guys. Because there's times you can say, "Buddy, you just need to get this thing together." Cindy hugs on them and says it's going to be okay, you know, and when my guys break up with a girl, you know, I just say, guys, every every girl that you date, one of two things will happen. Either you'll break up with them or you'll marry her. So that's it. That does not go well with girls. I did that once, and my wife at that point said, you will never do that again. So she <laughs> she does the counseling with, with that yes. with the girls, which is great. Um, we lived for the last 20-something years overseas. Uh, I worked at the University of Guadalajara in Mexico. Uh, my Spanish is good enough to get me in trouble. Uh, uh, then from there, we went to the West Indies to Barbados, and I ran a missions camp uh, in Barbados and worked at the University of West Indies there. Uh, then after that, uh, we lost our visa there. That was our work visa kind of got, yeah. We said, okay, long story, had nothing to do with us, had everything to do with the situation. So, uh, moved to Panama and I worked uh, as student strategist for all of the Americas, everything from Argentina to Mexico to, to uh, Peru over to the Caribbean. And what we would do just do, how are we reaching this next generation for Christ? And I love that. Uh, but it was an administrative job, and where my heart was was work with students. And again, God opened doors, and I worked with the cadets at the Naval Academy in Panama, which is the Panamanian Naval Academy, not a U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, that's a long story. Uh, about four years ago, we had uh, a retirement incentive to help draw down some numbers, which... Mm -hmm. Very sad situation for all of us, but it was, it was the right time for us. 
I'm not looking at it in a bitter way at all. My parents are getting older, and we were having to make some hard decisions about that same time. Uh, by the grace of God, Joe heard I was coming back to the States, and he calls me up in Panama and says, Hey, we have an opening in Columbus State. Would you be interested? And I thought, Wow, yes. And we've been there about three years. I love it. Uh, I bring a different flavor to campus ministry. Uh, my kids go, well, you don't sit at the office or in the building. I go, no, I get out on campus. Isn't that an incredible thing? I meet students who would never darken our doors. I meet administrators. I meet teachers. And uh, so that's kind of my role. Um, but I, I love it. I, I, I really do. I love sharing Christ with those guys. Uh, again, with guys last week. Uh, wow. This week's going by fast. This is the first week of school for us. Uh, but last week we had the football team uh, over for a barbecue. And out of that, at least five young men accepted Christ. And uh, I am, I tell them the older I get, the better I was at playing football. I am their chaplain, uh, and they accept me, and I love on them, and I know half of them are sinning like crazy, doing stuff they don't need to be doing, but you know what? They know me as Pastor Rick, and when they hit a wall, they come see Pastor Rick and say, help me out here, and one of the first things we do is talk about if they know Jesus. They'll say, all the rest of the stuff is just side salad. If you don't know Jesus, none of this is going to work, so I love what I do. Let me just say that. Uh, we're talking about adulting uh, today. I will share with you the one story that is my favorite story about university students in the Bible. Uh, you may not even, even remember this, the story of Eutychus. Does that ring a bell? It's okay if you don't. He's not the one that fell out the window. That's him. Yes. But this describes... A lot of this generation, and all college generations, uh, says on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day. I love this. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There's some versions say he talked on and on. I'm serious. It says he talked on and on. Uh, there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul on and on. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him and taken him in his arms said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while, on and on, until daybreak, and so departed. And they took the youth away alive, and they were not... And this is a weird way. They were not a little comforted. Got that? It's a double negative. They were very comforted. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Again, the Greek sometimes gets unique there. But, you know, we live in a generation that sometimes we talk on and on and kids fall asleep. And they fall out the third story. And sometimes we have to interrupt our talking on and on and go down and give them a hug. And that's... That is my life story as far as ministry goes. Um, I have gone through culture shock since I've come back to the U.S. I'm going to tell you that. In Latin America, when you go to college, you dress and behave as a young professional. 
because it's a privilege to go to college. I would go on campus like this if I ever went out to go on campus. I would never go in blue jeans. I would never go in tennis shoes. When I go on campus now, there's, I honestly have seen guys wearing onesies going to class or pajamas or gym shorts, the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And you're wanting to be a professional. It's always culture shock when I came back here of how lightly we took education or the students took education. Where overseas, you, you, you know what you're doing. And it was so funny, I asked uh, one of our students overseas, I said, how do you know God's will as far as what you need to be studying to do? And he said, oh, it's easy. My dad tells me what it is. That's how they operate. You know, because here, for the first three years, they're trying to figure out what they're going to be. And they're not sure. So uh, so we're going to talk about adulting. First of all, I want to talk about your role. Uh, that's some things here. And it's aimed really at college freshman uh, parents. Uh, and I'm going to go through these and really talk about so how many of you have children who are in college okay, Me. okay. not yet in college okay uh, let me all of them well welcome to reality yes. um, get a little tired but it's okay here is the truth. The first three weeks of college are the most important weeks mm -hmm. of their lives. That is who they will meet. That is who they will identify with. Mm -hmm. um, there are some bad agendas that go on the first three weeks. People who've partied and try to drag them into the party situation. There are uh, a lot of insecurities uh, just had a girl last week came to the Bible study and, and we were sharing. And bless her heart, she's a freshman. She just burst into tears and said, I'm scared. And we and I told the girl sitting next to her, I said, give her a hug. She just needs a hug. She just needs somebody to care about her. But that is when they really establish who they are. Uh, and sometimes what they do is they go down a bad road and they say, I'll never do that again. So, you know, I remember way back in the age, uh, first weekend, uh, and I came from a Christian family, so I didn't know anything about drinking, or I really was pure. I didn't know nothing, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, but I remember the guy across the hall from me went out and got drunk. And he'd gone to church his whole life. Came back and said, Rick, I'll never do that again. So it is some experimenting. And I love one of our campus ministers when he went off to college, he said his grandmother said, son, remember who you are. And he was an athlete and he went to a, a party and he suddenly looked around and said, this is not who I am. And he left. But that's not a bad statement to tell your kids, remember who you are. And even if you want to say whose you are. Um, so the first three weeks, are the most important in your life because they are. Um, relationships, habits, anything? And okay, this is here. Uh, let me ask a question. How many of you homeschool your children? 
when they were that age. Let me tell you, my homeschoolers are some of the most disciplined kids I've got. And I was not expecting that when I came in. They know that they've got to study. They know there's consequences. Uh, so uh, the habits that they, these students have are established those first weeks, how hard they're going to study. Um, the other deal in adulting, this is aimed uh, at them. Find other students you want to be like, be friends with them. And that's what we're trying to do, even this first couple of weeks. Uh, and I messed up. You know what? I started the back for that. Turn to Adulting 101. What do we do now? My bad. I got so excited, I jumped all in this, okay? Um, you might have to talk to your number one. Uh, college is harder. It is harder. And kids who make B's in high school may not make B's in college. And it gets me the fact that they suddenly think it's a whole new beginning. And it is, but it's built on a foundation of what they did in high school. So when I see a kid who's struggling to make B's and C's and he says, I'm here to be, I'm pre-med, I'm thinking, your mama loves you. And she told you you could do anything you wanted to. Either you're going to have to step up or, or you're going to have the same habits you had in high school. Uh, again, we'll go back and some of these were requoted. Uh, the first three weeks, determine who you are. And they really do. Uh, here's the tough one. Seven out of ten high school seniors active in church have no spiritual connection while in college. You need to talk to your kids and even, I'll tell you this, there is the internet. You can find out that the church is in town and you can find out kind of what they're about. Um, I am very uh, amused now. Most of my kids that are in our ministry, they want to, to, they want to go to traditional service churches. Mm -hmm. They do not care about contemporary worship. It's almost a pushback from contemporary. I did not expect that. Uh, one of the students who goes to a little bitty country church, 30 miles away from town, I asked her, she said, why do you go to that church? What, what, what's the point? She said, they care about me. Had nothing to do with the style of music, had nothing to do with the preaching. Because I love this pastor and I love this church, but it is just a country church. And she comes from a First Baptist in a big city. And I said, why, why do you go there? She said, because they like me. They care about me. Scout out for your children. And even ask them, did you go to church Sunday? And a good thing to do is to say, uh, hey, you know, it's Friday. I'm going to ask you Monday if you went to church. <laughs> that puts in their mind, I better find a place to go somewhere. Um, one of the tough things with uh, with adulting, you cannot see your child's grades. They have to take care of their own grades. Uh, this is one thing to tell, and I did not put it on this. I tell my students, if you make a bad first grade, go see your teacher. Just go see it. Because they, they, they're scared to talk to them. And I say, no, go see them and say, 
I studied, if you did, and you say, either I missed how to study for your test or something. And I said, that does two things for you. One, it lets that teacher know that you're concerned. Because I will have students who go the week before the finals and go, I've got an F. How do I bring that up? I'm going, it's too late in game. You've got to be proactive. And the teacher may tell them what to do to get a better grade. I mean, may say, you need to focus more on my lecture and not on the book. Or might say, here is a, uh, a background study that you can do that I don't cover in the book or in my lectures, but this will help you. Uh, but uh, there are some forms that you can fill out to see your child's grades. I don't know about them. I never filled one out because my kids, we were overseas and it was a little hard to do that. But there is a way. Uh, but really and truly, it is important on the front end of freshman year, especially to say, keep up with your grades. Know what they are. And if you get a bad one, go uh, to the prof. Um, this is a weird study that they did. Students who live in dorms tend to make better grades than those that don't. And I think it's just probably. Is that, is that like if they live in an apartment rather than a dorm and not living at home rather than a dorm? It's not OK. From what I understood of the study, it was kids who lived in apartments off campus. Yeah, so not at home, if they live at home and commuting. Right, okay. right. I, because I think what it is, a kid living suddenly on his own thinks life is good. Okay. I can go to bed whenever I want to. If I miss two classes in the first three weeks, it's okay. I'm like, no. Whereas if you're in a dorm, you, you've got a, a rhythm of studying, a rhythm of getting up to go to class, a rhythm. That was true for me. Um, I was required to live on campus when I was private school. Um, and we were required to live on campus for so long. And so we were far away from town. And so at the end of the day's activities, you're like, oh, I might as well go back to my room. So I might as well study because the book's right here. I might as well do whatever, clean right. up. But when I moved off campus, I had to have jobs. My parents said, if you want to move off campus, you're paying your bills. So I did. So I had to have a couple of jobs. And yep. so I didn't study as much, or I didn't clean up as much, or I didn't do whatever. You right. could have more friends over and do stuff like that. So my grades didn't slip much because my parents wouldn't let, let me let them. But right. it was much easier to keep my grades up living on campus than it was off. And I tell people all the time that are going to school, if you have room and board availability, and if you have the opportunity to live on campus, just do it. Do it. <laughs> I yeah. know you think that it's not cool to do all four years, but do it. I had to do all over again, I'm say. And a lot of schools require freshmen to live on campus. Mm -hmm. That's part of the requirement, which is good and bad. Mm -hmm. They're getting all the money out of them they can. Okay. <laughs> I was at a private Christian school and it was a party thing. For, it was they wanted you to become part of this, the campus life and everything, but if you lived off, you had to live, live at least five miles away because right. they didn't want party houses. Wow. That's unique because some say you have to live within five miles. Yeah, they wanted it, you to be five a, miles yeah. away, and because we were pretty remote, there wasn't. Living on campus is not a bad thing. It is, it's not a pure, clear-all thing, because, I mean, things happen in dorms. There is that flavoring, but still it gets them in a rhythm. 
uh, of just studying and things like that. Um, here's one that I'm very grateful. Like Sam, at CSU, we are very blessed. We have a Christian president who values Christian organizations on campus. And I, we are blessed with that because, I mean, he invites us to all the activities. He's included us. And it's not a Christian school. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird deal because he'll say, can you come and help with the concession stand? Or can you come and help? Uh, I know one of the funny things, he has a breakfast, a faith leadership breakfast. It just happens to be at Christmas. Because so, it can't be a Christmas breakfast, but it can be a faith leadership breakfast. It just happens to be right before Christmas break. Uh, but here's what he's we've talked about. Uh, students who are active in campus organizations are more likely to stay in school and graduate. Uh, so in adulting for students, I tell them, find you a group of people to associate with. Good group. BCMs, Baptist Collegiate Ministries, are excellent. Uh, they are they're diverse, which I appreciate. You've got your smart kids, you've got your just regular good old kids, you've got your geeky kids. It's not aimed at any one group. We have other campus ministries, and they're pretty much known who they are. You know, if you have money, you go with this group, and I will leave it unnamed. But, you know, if you are, uh, that's really the exclusive group. If you got money, because we do things every weekend, it's gonna cost you 40 bucks. And it's the rich Christian kids are part of that. But the BCM, mm-hmm. we have a wide range of people, and it's weird to watch them. I've got the African-American guys who are athletes. I've got the African-American girls who are, uh, and I'm just going to tell you, this is one of the strangest things. Our African-American girls are the most on-target students we have because mm-hmm. they know they don't have any time to play around. It is a privilege to go there, and I will ask them, i say, well, what do you... What are you going to do? I'm going to do uh, medical technology. Awesome. I'll ask some of the guys, I don't know, you know, <laughs> what do you study? Uh, literature. And my second question, when, what are you going to do with that? Which is fine if they know what they're going to do with it. I just like to read. Okay, when I find a job that pays for reading, that will be awesome. Uh, but uh, to be a part of an organization on campus is healthy and especially BCM. And I will tell you as parents, if your child is going somewhere, we have BCMs on about every campus here. And I get phone calls even as of this past Friday, someone saying, my daughter's headed there. Can you connect with her? Or my son's headed there, can you connect with her? And what I do is I get other students to connect with them. Uh, so, do that. Get them involved in something. If they're alone, that's not good adulting for a thousand reasons. It really is not. Um, a recent study shows that students tend to marry someone they date. Really? Uh, <laughs> I did have one college friend that got engaged before they actually dated. But that it's very that can happen. That's unusual. That was 40 years um, ago, but yeah. I am a little bit of a rebel on this, mainly because I lived overseas and seen what dating's like overseas, which is much healthier than the U.S. Group dating. Yes. And I tell guys, ask a girl out just for fun. It does not have to be romantically oriented. You like her. Hey, you want to go out and to grab some pizza? 
or whatever, just for fun. And I don't even know if that's classified as dating or not. Uh, in South America, I raised three kids there. Uh, I loved it. My 15-year-old, one night he got grown up and they had, I guess it's probably about 12 or 13 kids that went out on a date. None of them were paired. It was all just a bunch of guys, a bunch of girls went out to a kind of a nice restaurant more than, you know, the fast food place. There was no pressure. It's not that social pressure of, you know, uh, I like you, do you like, no, it was, it was just like, hey, let's laugh, let's have fun. Now, the greatest thing though was my son called me up and said, hey dad, you know, uh, I'm ready to come home. Come by, pick me up. In South America, they have a thing that's called the air kiss. And it's just on the cheek. And it's just a very polite greeting. Uh, we don't do it here, okay? But uh, I told my kids they don't do it here. But there in church, wherever, you just had an air kiss on the cheek. And it was so funny. I come by to pick my son up. Seven girls line up. He gives every one of them a goodnight kiss on the cheek. <laughs> it was very quiet when he got in that car because I wasn't sure what to say to him. I'm like, man, that's awesome. But, but to date in a healthy manner is awesome. And I encourage my guys to go out with girls in groups, not just the pressure. Um, a very a lot more about people that way too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is tough now. Um, kids are very awkward mm -hmm. and they don't date much. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it's like zero to a hundred in mm -hmm. 10 seconds. And I, that's sad to me. And I have kids who are seniors who've never had a date. I had a boy who came in, and it was so funny. He's, we're in talking about his senior year. A girl comes in, she's all fired up because a guy asked her out. And I had her tell us how he asked her out so that this kid could hear. But it was almost too late for him. And it just it broke my heart because he was a senior. He'd never been out. And... Um, so dating is okay. Dating is okay. As long as, again, I love the group dating attitude. Last night we had a BCM event and it wasn't at the BCM building. It was at a coffee shop. So we had about 15 kids crammed into this coffee shop playing trivia and they interacted with each other. And it was not a date, but it was still an interaction between guys and girls. So encourage them to be a part of something like that, okay? Um, here's one thing for you and this is for the adulting aspect too sometimes students get carried away with adulting and say I am on my own I have arrived at college and I am here do this get a couple of phone numbers just in case you can't get them it just doesn't hurt say hey what's your roommate's phone number I won't call it unless I really need you, but I just need a number. Uh, my wife texts with my kids all the time, and it's so funny. They'll, they won't answer the first one because they didn't have a question mark at the end of it. But they told her they don't answer if they don't have a question mark. She puts a question mark at the second one, and when she texts dead or alive, she, they know they better answer mama. 
and she's coming after them. We're, we're going to the nuclear station, contacting her friends. Uh, but get an extra number for them because they think of that as adulting, to be very independent, and that's not. That's just being independent. He said, look, I just want to make sure if, if I can't get a hold of you, I may need to. Uh, I'm figuring that most of y'all text a lot. Yes, kind of-ish. <laughs> now, okay, I want to pick on you because I like you, okay? <laughs> Tell them what you do, your name and what you do. Um, I'm Mariah Snyder, and I'm with the Christian Index, so I'm the content editor. So I write and edit it on our website. Were you in the medical journal thing? I was, yes, ma'am. Yeah, you interviewed two of my students. Oh, okay. The ones that, one and, oh, okay. yeah, those were my kids. <laughs> and Mariah, when did you graduate from college? Uh, end of 2014. 14, okay. I would speculate you text more than pop on the phone. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So do not let that bother you. They text. It drives me that's, crazy. But that's my thing with like your wife. This it shouldn't matter if there's a question mark or not because there's no grammatical thing with they like my kids know if I text you, you know, I better get back what? because they can text their friends 500 times to my one question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and sometimes. So, there's um, most people, I mean, some people have an Android, it does it too. It, it says your dorm number and all that stuff. When you move your child in, you can drop a pin, yeah. the little drop a pin where their dorm is and save it on your mm-hmm. map so you know exactly how to get back to exactly where their dorm is. Exactly where it is. That's a good thing. Well, as long as you're paying for the cell phone service, you track the post. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's just not bad for that. And again, they think of adulting that suddenly they're independent. Adulting and independent is very different. And that's not a bad thing to describe to them. And saying independent means you have you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Adulting is you interact with people in an adult manner. Mm-hmm. So just that's a heads up for your children when they will um yes. And I do have kids who really and truly the first time they did this I laughed because I had never heard the term or anything. I had a kid who just came in and flopped on the couch in my office and said, I'm tired adulting today. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, let's go back through this. What did you just tell me? <laughs> and he said, I've had to make decisions. I've had to do stuff. And I said, great. So adulting and independent is different. And they sometimes don't understand that. Okay? parents always said to me, you're independent from me when you're financially independent of me. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and, and it's true. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what I, I laugh at, my parents do not put anything like this in the index. My parents will kill me, okay? <laughs> they live with all the other retirees up in Blairsville. <laughs> I'm still their child. Yeah. I am. And I've learned as an adult that I can still be their child. And it isn't being, I still answer phones, they don't text. And I'm not going to tell them how to. <laughs> but... You know, that's a part of adulting, is learning how to interact with parents, no matter what the age is. Um, this is a tough thing with adulting in the U.S. The average for a student to change their major is three to four times. And it is. There's a lot of reasons for it. Some are good, some are not good. Uh, and I can't tell the difference between the two. You know, because when somebody says, suddenly God's calling me to do this, how are you going to argue with that? Mm-hmm. 
even if you so go no no what happened is you started getting the three thousand and four thousand level courses and they were hard so you want to go back down to the one thousand two thousand and start all over again and that's sometimes what it is and it will get hard again it will they don't, and i've had one guy honestly who's climbed the ladder this oh, is wow. his third climb he started out with one thing it got hard he went oh God doesn't want me to do this. He went back to the bottom of the next ladder, and this is the beginning of his third ladder. Maybe God wants him to be more diligent. Don't think I hadn't told that. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but, but you know, and, I'll, I'll say part of the problem with that, I think, and as a homeschooler, my kids haven't experienced this, but wanting kids to decide in middle school what they want to do as an adult, not a yeah. word. There are 25 and 30 year olds that don't know what they want to do as adults. Right. And you're asking a 10 to 13 year old to figure out what they want to do? Right. That's crazy. It's hard. And so what I do is I recommend, and this is good for y'all to help in adulting with your children, tell them to take the basics, mm-hmm. not the electives. There's definitely basics and electives take the core stuff because I've got a girl right now she's taking rafting 101 and I'm like I don't think that's core you know that's you just want to go on a rafting trip (laughs) but honestly the first couple years it's great just take the core classes and God works through that the only exception to that, in all honesty, is if your son or daughter wants to become a doctor, mm-hmm. you better hit the ground running yeah. because there's no catching up after your sophomore year. Uh, and I would even say, I'm not sure law school, but it'd be close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but doctor, you better know which, you better come out of high school knowing that you want to be a doctor. I just had this conversation. I'm 34, so I'm far enough out of college to where people are changing careers, but Mm -hmm. also not so Mm -hmm. far that all of this stuff isn't pretty fresh. Um, And it was my boyfriend, actually. He just got laid off in the industry we're in. We're in advertising. It's very cyclical of accounts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if your big account gets fired, you get fired. Mm -hmm. And um, so he's like, at this point, um, is advertising and marketing what I want to do, or is it just kind of what I've chosen in college because I was right out of high school and you have to pick something. Business and marketing are kind of those things that you kind of default pick. And um, he's in kind of a major career change shift right now at young 30s because I stayed in this and I kept getting jobs in it because I'm good at it, but mm-hmm. this is not really what I think God wants me to do and not really what my skill set matches up with. And um, it's kind of one of those things. I just picked this and I, I finished it and I was good at it, but um, I was also 19 and making that decision mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. So um, pick and those career choices, pick those beginnings and... Yeah, you might finish it, and maybe you might find a letter a couple times, but mm-hmm. it's okay if you're 30 and you change. Yeah. Not only will the students change their majors three to four times, but I think experience is showing us. I'm almost 58, so um, people are changing careers, and I don't mean changing yes. jobs. I mean, they're changing mm-hmm. careers yeah, three and four times I'm in a special ed. I was actually started music. I was music, but then I did special ed for a long time, and I'm a judicial assistant. Nothing yeah. to do with yeah. Yeah. He's going to the air traffic control academy, which can be more different from advertising. Yeah. So, right. yeah. It happens. It's expected. Expected. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. uh, everything's changing so much. Yes. I
the career you choose may be obsolete in 20 years. Who knows? And there's a reality check yes. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I had a son who graduated and everything was good, and he wanted to be a chef, mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. But, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I went through this, mm -hmm. and he was one of the top chefs with uh, Bonefish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Bonefish. Mm -hmm. But he got there, and he found out that being a top chef at Bonefish is a short ladder. He was at the top of the ladder and said, if this is as far as it goes, I'm not sure I want to stay here. Yeah. And so now he's found a job in computers. And it's it's awesome. I mean, he's a futurist. He yeah. tells me stuff that I'm going, yeah. wow. Uh, he tells me stuff that's in the headlines a year later. Right. I just read yesterday, uh, driverless trucks have been, they've been experimenting with with them out west. And he'd been telling me about that for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. He said, we just don't let it out because people go berserk. They yeah. found out there was a driverless truck on the road. But he, he told me how it all works and he's coding and doing all that stuff. And he loves he it. Work for? He works for, you know, it's a renegade company. It's a startup. Okay. And this is a crazy thing. Startups now, uh, he's working with a startup and they had an initial investor putting $6.4 million into startups. I go, after six digits, I don't know what to do, yeah. okay? <laughs> My son's working for SpaceX, which is Elon Musk. That's why I'm asking, because okay. he's a real, he's yeah. got his hand in a lot of things. It's, it's awesome. And so some of these jobs will not be around in 10 years. Yeah, or I they're mean, not here yet. Yes. You know, some of the ones that are going to be big deals in 10, 20 years, yes. they're, not even, they're not even being thought of. Yes. So, uh, in the midst of all that, let me tell you this about the changing the majors. And I'm, I'm giving your children a little bit of elbow room here, okay? If it takes them an extra semester or an extra year, that's the norm. Very, very few people graduate in four years. Some majors are even five years to start with. Yes. So, so yeah. do not panic on your child on that fifth year. Now, about the eighth year, yes, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> but fifth year, I love my seniors call that victory lap. You know, what year are you? I'm on a, I'm on a victory lap. <laughs> that fifth year is kind of tying up because some things happen. And so, do not panic on your child if they tell you they got they're not graduating spring of four-year anniversary of their high school graduation. Uh, even classes being offered in some of the smaller yeah. schools, yeah. there will be situations where that class is only offered in the spring, and somehow it blipped on their radar, and they did not catch it. Or if you it. messed up with the course prior to that, then you have to wait a whole other year. Yes, so I'm, I'm, giving, I'm telling you, give your children some grace on that. And that is a part of adulting. You learn. Uh, from experience, and that's, again, you haven't failed, you just learned from experience. Let's work through that. And one, one thing to toss out, we our son wanted to perhaps go, said it, it might stretch into five years. I said, we're paying for four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he finished in four. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. That was a little bit of my motivation, yeah. <laughs> you know. but, uh, but it may take five. <laughs> but tell them to stay on top of it. And again, before the fourth, we were talking. A key phrase: there's a difference between adulting and independent. And some of adulting is talking to counselors on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad for you to remind your child. Have you talked to your advisor? Well, I can't get a hold of them. Okay, I know that's true. But talk to them. 
And again, I'm going from life experiences. One young man, I was talking to him two weeks ago, class started Monday. I said, what are you taking? He said, I don't know, I haven't talked to my advisor yet. What? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna make it. He's one of those guys who did not, you know, he said, he's not in. We hadn't been in the last three weeks. I'm going, yeah, but before that, was he not in in the spring? Why well, isn't the council? Why isn't the advisor in before school started? Well, he may be. He may be. You hear, made one you hear one call. side of this, and let me tell you this: in adulting with your children, remember you hear one side of the story. And I know that when a kid comes in and like, oh, that teacher's so unfair, you know. I don't think they picked anybody's name out of the hat just to be mean to them. You know? No, but you do learn about certain. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, yes. Talk to people ahead of you and stuff. And I will, uh, let, let's go on through this, and I'll, I'm going to kick back on the one thing. The two greatest times of change in a person's life, especially in U.S. culture, is that mm -hmm. first uh, birth to age one, and this is crazy, from graduation in high school till Christmas. Mm -hmm. I think that's how I put it there. Mm -hmm. uh, that is impact time. They suddenly have a little freedom. They're, this is this is their transition. And who they are in that summer and who they are in that fall will determine who they will be to a big extent for the rest of their college and the rest of their life. Uh, it's incredible to think that those seven months will have that big of an impact. Uh, and I know that it's hard to keep your children involved in church, especially if they work or whatever. You know, I can't go to church because I'm working this summer. Um, keep them plugged in spiritually, mm -hmm. really and truly. Mm -hmm. um, here's some things. Uh, make sure BCM has your son or daughter's contact information. Like I say, I've been contacting kids left and right, and some of them take and some of them don't. I'm, I lost a kid, a girl last year who, I mean, I saw her, I saw her parents. I said, we will be your mom and daddy away from here. And the next thing I knew, she evaporated. Mm. Now it was strange, she came back spring semester, but it was too late in the game. Mm. And now she's transferred out. Mm. Uh, just, it didn't go well, it didn't go well. And so if we don't have their information, we can't get a hold of them. Mm. And it still amazes me on a college campus I will see juniors, I'll say, do you know where the BCM is? No. How can you not? We put up posters, we're at every club function, you know, we don't have club days, we'll be there. Somehow they elect not to see. So if your campus minister or where your child is going, just get hold of the campus minister. And say, this is my daughter, she's in Clearview Hall. Uh, we won't be weird. We will send some of our students to go connect with them. Uh, We had stormed the dorm. I'm saying this because Joe's in here and he knows how protective I am. We had stormed the dorm the other night where we went through freshman dorm and handed out Pop-Tarts and, and uh, Capri, uh, whatever, Capri things or, you know, the, the juice. And the deal was, you know, pop over to the BCM. I know it's hokey, but it gets our foot in the door. I had our students do it. 
I did not go in the dorm. I said, I just think it'd be spooky, for, a little creepy for a guy to go door to door, okay? So I stayed at the BCM. I said, let me know. Okay, Rick, we did first floor. It's looking good. Oh, we need some more flyers. I said, I'll bring the flyers to you. But, you know, the thing is, we want students connecting. And that's what it does when you contact the BCM director. He won't. He may call, may drop a note, but more than that, he'll get other students to connect. That's the winner of the deal. Uh, I will say this without a doubt. Uh, fraternities and sororities, just tell them to back off. And I don't think they're the worst thing in the world, but as a freshman, they may not, I almost would say they're not the best thing. Uh, it limits their friendships. Uh, again, I'm not sure how much to confess. I was the BCM representative at a lot of frat parties, but I knew where my lines were. And they knew where my lines were. And I knew that if I ever stepped over that line, my testimony was shot. Mm -hmm. And I liked those guys, but they were not my club. Mm -hmm. So if they come to you want to join a frat or sorority because they've been talked into it, say, let's put this off maybe a semester or see what, what it looks like next fall. Um, this, again, is adulting that they don't always understand. I will have students who just stop going to class. Mm -hmm. And they think, everybody will forget that they were ever there. No, they don't forget. There is a time to drop class. And make sure you an F. they will give you an F at the end of the year. And honestly, I've had students who did not realize that, just thought if they stopped going to class, the teacher would eventually figure out they're not coming to class and go, well, they're, they're gone. No, they get an F. A lot of students do not realize that. And it is good just to remind them, if, if you don't like that class, drop it. And there's certain time periods you can drop it. Some you can and get your money back. Some you cannot. You know, it, it's a little bit further out there. Um, they need to have a solid understanding of dropping classes, too, or, or even absences. Uh, and they may not, and again, this is being an adult, they may not believe that role is taken. But it may be taken, and they just don't realize it, one reason or another. And they, they're gambling, you know. They don't, they don't take role in that class. Uh, you might want to revisit that decision, okay? Um, again, it's helping students think like adults and look at college as a job and not as a time to discover themselves. Mm -hmm. And it is both, but the job is important. Um, here is one thing I had for making it in college, and this is where we start off. First three weeks are most important. They really are. To go to the BCM meeting. Uh, we had so many visitors. It was awesome this past week. And they just found us. They just had heard about us, and, and uh, they wanted to be there. And this is one thing that I, we're pushing with our students. And I did not put it. We, we have a thing called give me five. Give me five visits. Don't decide if you like to be seeing after one or two. Because you might meet the right person at the first one. You might not. You, they, everybody may just be all into hugging their friends they didn't see since last spring. And you may feel like, you know, brown shoe at a tuxedo an affair, you know. 
give me five. If after five different events, different types, you know, don't all have to be luncheon or Bible study, but after five events, you still don't like it, okay, it's probably not for you. But give me five. So encourage them to, to visit at least five times. And if they don't like it, more power to you. There's another ministry down the street that you really might like better. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Um, find others too who, want to, who you want to be like. When you go on campus to visit your child after the first two months, take their friends out to lunch. See who their friends are. Splurge. Might cost you 80 bucks. You know, uh, and college students will not turn down food. (laughs) So say, hey, can I take you and your roommate and some of your friends out to lunch? See who they've connected with. Because that is, that is a good determining factor on the type of student they will be. So uh, connect with the college ministry and church quickly. Uh, I have told our students this. The BCM is not a church. The BCM is a community of Christians who happen to be on campus. It is a variety of churches. I know on our leadership team, I think we got about every, I cannot tell you how many churches we have represented there. And they love each other. But they know that they've got their church and then they've got the BCM and that is their funnel on campus that they can connect with other Christians. So just going to BCM is not going to make it. Go to church. Find your church. You'll be surprised how much community you have. And this is one thing that is adulting when you have multi-generational contact because mm-hmm. very easily in college you can have one generation that's maybe six years at most and that's all you have contact with where at church you have contact with grandparents parents uncles little kids that's healthy bcm is just a vehicle to be on campus um, okay, go to go to every class every time. Just do it. Just do it. And we all know this: the worst classes for the freshmen are always the earliest. The smart people know how to take their classes later on in the day. But when I hear a freshman go, "I got a eight o'clock class," I go, well, "Welcome to first semester." That's the way it's going to be. Uh, I will tell our students to be very judicial in skipping classes. Mm-hmm. Don't just skip classes because you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Go. <laughs> just go. Because there may be a day that you that the weather's beautiful and you want to play tennis and you might want to do that. And you've got the liberty to do that. But if you skip just because the weather's bad or you just don't feel good, mm-hmm. you will pay for it. Uh, Understand that doubts and questions about God and faith are normal, but they can lead to a stronger faith. One thing that I have recognized on our campus, and I think a lot of campuses are talking to some campus ministers, very few campuses are blatantly anti-Christian. They are very morally diverse. That's the issue. 
is diversity. Uh, but a kid who knows who they are is going to be okay. Very seldom they get challenged or beat down. Now, it does happen. It does happen. Everybody's texting. You're uh, dinging. I'm dinging. Um, but I find very few campuses that are anti-Christian. Most of them are like, hey, let everybody do what everybody wants to do. Now, every now and then you'll have a professor that will zero in on Christians. Uh, and that does happen. But not as much as what we want to believe sometimes. You know, oh, they're going to be against you. They really don't care. Uh, diversity is the issue. Uh, when I get on campus, I'll ask students who are not Christians. I just tell them, I'm trying to understand you guys, just where you are. And I'll say, what are your hot topics? What are the hot topics on campus? Politics is not one of them. They could care less. Right now, they're burned out on both sides. They really just don't give a rip, as one of them said. Moral and sexual diversity is a hot topic. Uh, and it's weird. It's not even drugs or alcohol now. That may just be a given. But nobody's going to force somebody to go out and get drunk. I won't say nobody. Very few. So, uh, a lot of kids come away much stronger as Christians. Just because they're given that freedom to them. Uh, we do things on campus that push them a little bit. We do the great exchange. Let me tell you what, to get out there on campus and share Christ on campus stretches you. Uh, and it's good. It does more for my students than it does for the students receiving it. It gets them in the mindset, I can share Christ on my campus. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm putting Joe on the spot here. Is there any campus that has said you cannot do great exchange? Um, trying to figure out what that is. Just something landed on you. Okay. Um, yeah, every now and then we'll, we'll find one that wants to move us into that 10 by 10 thing called the free speech area. Okay. But not. I've never had that issue. If we have good relationships with administration, we never have an issue. Yeah. And most of the time, I know Georgia Tech does it on a regular basis. And oh, yeah. uh, Georgia does it on a regular basis. Columbus State, uh, we're starting it, doing it on a regular basis. But you get to go on campus and share your faith. And I love that because there is diversity and we are diverse. So we get to take advantage of that and say, it's just who we are. Um, Here's one thing about adulting on it. When you mess up, don't give up. Everybody's going to mess up. I'm sorry. We are sinners. <laughs> we mess up. And there's a point, that, and it may be sin or it may just be I messed up. I didn't get that paper in. I didn't, whatever. And I tell students build on your experience, don't build on your failure build on your experience. Next time you'll know how to do it better. Now let's move on. Uh, it's not final. Um, conduct, con connect with an adult mentor. Um, they feel awkward about that. And again, feel very free to tell your student or your child to contact the BCM director. I'll go out to coffee with any student. I will say this, I go out with the guys. We know our lines. And we do. And they're healthy. And I tell my students that. I say, I'm just not, 
I, I like you, but here's the deal. If a couple of you girls want to meet and go have coffee, I'll have coffee with two of you. You know, and usually in that, I'll even include my wife in the group in that. She doesn't drink coffee, she drinks chai, whatever chai is. So, you know. I, um, I um, we have a college, so we, we're outside of Augusta, and so we have a lot of, we're like 30, we have a lot of commuters okay. in our community. So we have a college ministry in our church, and I will, I have a girl, I'm not kidding her, she blows my phone up by text. She wants to ask questions, well, let's talk, let's talk. I mean, through text, she will let me text her all day long. I said, hey, can we meet first? Can we meet? And I'm really busy. I know I have this to do. And it's not just her. Like, I, there's two other girls, but she is the main one. But she will not meet with me. And, like, we're in a room. If, we're, if she were to come in this room, she would not look at me or make any sort of contact. But if we are, like, if I'm working 9 to 5, she will text. And I just don't know if you have. No, that's like, interesting. I cannot get her to engage with me at all. A lot of our youth kids are like that. Yeah. They're screen, 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 screen. But they do not want to talk. If no conversation. Yeah. If yeah. Like, oh, so, hey, thanks for texting me today. No, that, like, whoa, she ran out the door. Not really. But, like, she no. stepped yeah. as far yeah. back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and she had, oh, I don't know if she interacts with you. She had like a core group, a small core group of friends that she's friendly with, but otherwise not very sociable. Yeah. She's really not sociable at all. She's more like just her family. She yeah. And she's not homeschooled. She she was a little bit because of some medical stuff, but, um, and so I, I homeschooled my childhood right now. But so. <laughs> it's um, probably a socially thing. It is, but yeah, I, I didn't know if you had that trouble. It's just, it drives me crazy. I'm like, yeah. so I'm good here. But I'm not good here. Right. Well, and you can create some boundaries. Yeah. yeah. You can absolutely say, I, I would love to talk with you. Yeah. I, I really don't. And whether you even enjoy it, I try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. even I if you it. enjoy texting to say, I don't really feel like I do a good job of communicating by text. I would much rather sit down with you. Yeah. And if she won't sit down with you, then probably you don't need to be. That's kind of where I am. Following she her will not. I have. I've tried that. Like, I was like, okay. And I work nine to five. Okay, look, you can text me for maybe 30 minutes on my lunch hour, but that's great. But she would all day long. Yeah, but I just need it. So I probably yeah. just need to stop. It's create, like I'm now create a boundary. Create a boundary. Kind of thing. Create a boundary. Okay. And I think, I think the good thing is there's some logic in those boundaries mm-hmm. to say this is more than I can just text. Yeah. Because every now and then I'll have a question. I'll say, hey, that's a great question. Let's go out and eat. Or maybe make it a non-one-on-one thing. If she feels a little awkward, maybe it's a social thing, say, hey, man. Oh, we did. My kid, or maybe me and four or five other girls are going mm-hmm. to have pizza. Do you want to come with us? And we're going to be talking about We this. did. There was a group of yeah. three of us, and we did. And she didn't talk much. She didn't say a single thing. Well, well we should get some It's a start. Yeah. yeah. She might talk to them. And again, okay. think about this. We think of adulting as a light switch. Yeah. Adulting is more of a dimmer. Yeah. And sometimes you have to get them kind of into that adulting, and you have to lead them. And sometimes it's saying no, which is tough, because I hate to say no, because people don't like you when you say no. And But sometimes you say, you know, I really like you, but I just can't do this right now. We need to talk, or we need to, you know, set aside some time to not texting, because unfortunately... She can't text her way into the job. She can't text her way into yeah. the alarm. Yeah. She can't right. text her mm-hmm. cheap enough. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to talk to people. That's true. And again, you, have to, you don't have to, but it is a very good thing for you to lead her into... Oh, no, I'm uh, all that tough love. <laughs> okay. And, and the bad thing is... We've got bad cop on the 
The other leader is female as well, but she, um, she's the loving, like, oh, you just need a hug today. I'm like, I have a shirt that says I'm not a hugger. Like, it's like, yes, okay. <laughs> well, I work on those kind of people. I help them become more huggy. I, I, so, well, in this, you have to lead your students into adulting. I wish they could read a book. Yeah. I wish they could read a text. It's more about life. And some of that is you invite them into your world. And some of that is they just get to do stinky work with you. And say, hey, I, I'm, I'm depending on you to help me with this. Can you ride with me? Can you help me with this? Uh, that is adulting. Okay. I hate that recorder. What's going to happen with this recording? It's it will be available. To <laughs> okay. Whosoever. Here, here's here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. Um, adulting is more than being in the youth group. That's what they were when they were in high school. They were in the youth group. The youth minister makes all the decisions. The youth minister does everything to entertain those kids. He does. That's just kind of his job. The sad thing is, as older adults in church, we kind of are the same way. We expect that music minister and that education minister to map everything out for us, and we show up for game. What a lot of BCM directors do, and this is just our DNA, students have to make decisions. Students have to come and come alongside and work. And that is a part of adulting. We don't always do that as spiritually as well as we need to spiritually. Um, I've had students who say, Rick, I want to intern with you, but I don't want to do chairs. I don't do chairs. <laughs> At which point I go, dude, we all do chairs. <laughs> That's adulting. That's bringing them into my world. They want to be the speaker at the Bible study, but they're not willing to do anything else. It's like, no, no, that's not adulting. That's being very selfish. You want to stand up there with your lollipop and say, look at me. You have to help your children become adults. Some of that is paying for their tag. Uh, some of that is just, hey, you've messed up. Let's regroup and see what we need to do here. Um, so adulting is a new new thing and it is American culture uh, most uh, places where I've been uh, adulting growing up starts at about 14 or 15 here we've made a four year level of it in college the psychologists have let us now meant boys especially they don't mature until they're 26 yeah. Psychologists have let us like so. Oh, don't like just be easy on them. It, he's not quite an adult yet. Right. In our culture. Yeah. In our culture. Like I say it's in other cultures, it's much earlier. Yeah. You know, at uh, 26. Never mind. Uh, at 26, you're 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 straight up an adult. And I do know culture, American culture, is what we're working with as Christians, and I have to balance what is Christian view, worldview, and what is American worldview. And that's tough, and my kids have gone through it. Uh, my kids, uh, my oldest is 37 and just got married. 
because he was building a career. And I'm not sure where that fits in the culture, but it was a weird deal. It was, he was 37. We had talks with him. He's going to be a bachelor. That's fine with us. Just give us a heads up. Uh, met a young lady who had never been married. He's never been married. They both were spooked about marriage. They just got married. Life is good right now. They both have careers. So adulting doesn't have to do with marriage either. There's a lot of times in our generation, and I'll exclude you, <laughs> in our generation, we mostly got married under the age of 24. That's very rare now. Very rare. But that's culture. That's not Christian or non-Christian. But how you handle it is Christian or non-Christian. Uh, so we have very, adulting is a new concept. We as Christians can take the lead in that and say we can be mature. Matter of fact, Scripture calls on us to be mature in our faith. So, any questions? Any thing to share? I've run through this hard. Uh, Just a, a bit of a touch from last night when we were talking about that this is also a generation that is so severely anxious and, and depressed and medicated. Yes. Um, they're looking for safety. And one of the reasons that they don't want to adult any quicker is because adult adulting is hard. Adulting is bouncing into life. And it's way, way better not to be an adult if you have a choice. <laughs> Yes. I mean, why why would I want to have the responsibility of an adult when I can stay at home, live at home, stay in the basement, play games, yeah. live this kind of life? Yeah. Um, the, Sarah was, was saying last night, this is all about safety, about my feeling safe and comfortable mm-hmm. in what I do. And I don't want to be challenged in any way. And uh, it's Things are happening exponentially, too. Quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, what used to be a generation was 20 years, and now a generation really is about five years. It's quick. And things change. And the other kind of flip of that, there's a, a, a whole other group of people who home and how they grow up and what they're used to is not safe. Yeah. And they're running ahead yes. to adult, not necessarily on the same traditional college pattern mm-hmm. because they want to get away from anything that mm-hmm. resembles home at all yeah. and they're running to what they think is adulthood as quick as possible and it's detrimental so I yeah. feel like it's our You're responsibility right. to look to those people and kind of them as well try to pull them back in. Yeah. and one thing this is not on the program but let me just say this try to keep your kids out of debt mm. debt is so prevalent now and it is it it adds a mentality to life that's just not healthy of how deep it is I mean how oppressive it is and also how easy it is and both of those are terrible mindsets Uh, we had talks the other night just frivolous talk we were talking about the new iPhone that had come out it's just two thousand dollars $2,000. You know my first car cost $2,000? <laughs> What's the new one? Right? Yeah. But it's $2,000. But here was their sad statement on it. 
I said, guys, I don't know that I want to lose anything that's two thousand dollars or pay for it. And they're going, well, you make monthly payments. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's what they said. You can make my, that excused it being two thousand dollars. No idea. Yeah, we have no idea how that feels. Though. So the the tough thing is, I think there's a mental weight on being in debt that you cannot afford the things you really do want down the line. You know, down the pike of when it comes to buying a house, everything's nibbled it up. Yeah. And you know. Uh, or if you want to help this person over here. You don't have it to to. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tough thing, and it. I, I come from a missionary background. I cannot tell you how many incredibly well-qualified people we had that came to us and said, "God is calling yeah. us to go to the mission field," and I've had to say, "Dude, you will not make enough money to pay off your debts. Yeah. Get that under control, and come back and see me in five years." And really, I was a, a journeyman counselor, mm-hmm. and they would come through the process and they would say well I've got $80,000 of debt and I'd go I am so sorry you just you you can't survive on mission salary trying to pay off this debt so it is and they won't send you no we no it's not that you won't survive they won't send you no we and we honestly it was a no it was what we call red flag and when the red flag popped up it said no and it's like, I know you love Jesus. I know you would be awesome. I know. But no, you can't do this. We won't do it. So. I just uh, have a cool tip since a lot of you guys have kids that are in college or going to college. My parents did this for me when I graduated high school as my gift. Um, uh, they set up a couple of uh, like case jewelers and Old Navy and a couple of stores that would give someone with no credit a credit card. And they opened them up in my name their name on it of course and as my graduation gift I got to max those out since it was my first card they weren't big amounts by any means um like 500 bucks here and and um I got to buy you know pearls at K's and some new college clothes little baby those kinds of things and they paid those bills down my first semester in school and established credit money I didn't get the cards (laughs) I didn't get to run them up or anything like that but I had credit established in my name moving forward um so then when I was an adult entering the workforce later on, I wasn't, you know, totally behind and struggling to establish credit because my name just didn't exist anywhere. So just a cool idea as a gift. Yeah. So if you don't feel like it's you're wasting your money on something crazy, you can't come up with an idea. So love your kids, mm-hmm. hug them, <laughs> correct them. Help them become adults, little by little. And really, it, it's not even, I wish it was like that. Yeah. I'm afraid it's a little bit like yeah. that. Because yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they make good decisions and they make bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and it Don't really is. Too. I mean, you know, yeah. Oh, still yes. Bad yeah. decisions. Yes. Let's pray and then what happens next? Everybody goes to the next? Yeah. Yeah. Back over to the yeah. general section. Okay, great. Let's pray. Lord, I am grateful uh, that you put the story of Eutychus in Scripture. That adulting uh, is a process that's been going on for 2,000 years. Uh, Lord, to help us as ministers, as parents, as friends, uh, help college students become adults, uh, to give wisdom to who they are. Thank you, Lord. I pray your blessings on all uh, that are in here today. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all.